ไปแบบNow that we're recording, we're going to do Shadowrun. Hell yeah. Let's shadow the run. Run the shadows. Fuck yeah. We're going to start with the obligatory opening cutscene. Our camera pans through the streets of Tacoma. It's early morning. The sun is rising over the Cascades, bathing Seattle in a golden glow. It's one of those rare, clear mornings in Seattle. Camera pans up the side of an old concrete building streaked and stained by decades of Seattle acid rain. Two men are standing on a small ledge looking towards the mountains. One of them is Prokop, the other is Ice. They are each holding a glass of amber liquid in one hand and a cigar in the other. The men are silent until Ice asks, Do you think it'll work? Prokop shrugs and raises his glass towards the rising sun. If anyone knows what happened, it will be that bastard George Van Housen. Ice raises his glass as well. What happens if he's still alive? Prokop shrugs again and says, To rigor mortis. To the little bastard, Ice responds. Then he grins. I can't believe you're teaming me up with an elf, a cat, and some talking paracrit, a talking horse. You always were a soft fragger, Prokop. Trying to save everyone. Doesn't work, you know. Prokop grins. Who's talking? If rigor is still alive, you know exactly what you are going to do. They both drain their glasses. Behind them, the changing angles of the rays illuminate the woman, Nadia, standing silently behind them. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we left off last time with Cecile and Deandere stayed at the Samovar. And Boxer and Grace headed back towards Boxer's safe house, only to be warned away by the sensei who told them that there had been a gun battle and that the uh, safe house was destroyed. So did anybody leave any equipment or gear or other possessions there? At the Samazar? At uh, Boxer's safe house. At Boxer's safe house? Cecile definitely didn't. Yeah, because Cecile didn't have anything. (laughs) Mm. Nanga left everything in her truck like a reasonable person. Boxer had a whole lot of rations, all of which I'm now going to delete from my character sheet. Let's see how many they are. One, two, three, four, five. There were 200 rations in there worth a thousand yen. 200 rations? I buy in bulk. (laughs) Why were they all there? Why were they to live the apocalypse? Yes. Haven't you seen what's outside there? Haven't you seen what's outside? Boxer's a prepper. Boxer is a prepper. You don't fuck with Boxer. He's one of those cool preppers and not one of the the lame ones that make you want to die when they start talking. If the ghost dance happens again, Boxer will be ready. Not anymore. Her rations are gone, but she does have enough ammunition to kill God. Exactly. 
Only That's sometimes. A dance. Approximately enough ammunition to shoot away a hurricane. Uh, you know that crappy movie with the sharks? Yeah, she's oh, gonna no. do that. Sharknado? Yes, she's gonna do that. It's that okay. scene with uh, the chainsaw in Sharknado. So yeah, the that. first thing that I'm gonna do is I'm gonna contact Praka and ask him about uh, anonymous banking services in this area. Um. So what time do you get up? The seal very early, like 5 a.m. Okay. Oh, uh, Dinder's already up. Dinder's already up. She's just like sitting there with like a notebook out writing. All right. Um, so when you wake up and call Prokop, you actually, uh, he is actually still awake. So he answers. He'll just not call Prokop. She messages Prokop. She's very respectful of Prokop's time. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it turns out he's awake. He was literally just having his nightcap up on the roof. Interesting. He texts you back. And uh, so what were you looking for again? Uh, Anonymous banking services in the Seattle area. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so Cecile probably just asked, like, what's a good one? Do they have in-person locations? Can you set that up for me? Uh, He takes you back right away and he uh, sends you another... He sends you a contact. Good. Something to add to the character sheet? Sure. Let's make up a name real quick. <laughs> All right. So the, co- the the name of the contact just comes across as Silas. But not actually silence, like dot, dot, dot. No, Silas. S-I-L-A-S. Wait, can you, can you spell that for me again? S-I-L-A-S. That? No, S I L A S. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you said silence. I was like, that's a very funny name. So I'm gonna make a joke about it. Especially for a shadow banker. That would be the perfect <laughs> name, actually. I don't say shit to nobody. <laughs> Unconfidential well, um, is in my name. Where oh, did... you should be aware that uh these shadow banks do actually have to be like big actual banks. They just have to be shady. They just have to be shady. Uh, the example in the book is given as the Malaysian Independent Bank. Shady. Yeah. Well, you'll have to you'll have to hook up with Silas and see what he can uh, what they can tell mm. you. Okay, that's probably going to be an issue since confirming Cecile's ID would be difficult. But sure, let's give Silas a call. At 5 a.m., probably not standard operating hours. You have, uh, you have Prokop's token. Token? Token. 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 As in, like, the banking token, or, like, cred stick? Go to, um, go to GM, wait, no, where did I put it? Go to text channels in character. Ah, the seal. So just pass that along to Silas, then. Right. That'll. That's like your. Okay. So he will also text that seal. Then. And what are you saying? Uh, Cecile politely 
types up a message saying that she would like to establish an account at their fine establishment, preferably anonymous. Okay. And Boxer and Grace, how did you and where did you spend the night? Would uh, Grace stick with Boxer when she goes to her apartment? But um, yeah, Grace... Grace would have wanted to come with Boxer if she could help it, because she doesn't really have any else to go. Besides, maybe, like, Greg's. <laughs> well, in that case, Grace gets to sleep on the couch. It's a relatively comfy couch, so she's all good. Uh, what time do I'll... they wake up? So, we've established that Deandere and, and Cecile are early birds, but it's been a long night for you. long, disappointing night for you since the uh, you found out your safe house was compromised. Boxer gets up uh, six every day, something that was instilled in her when she was in service. Then I know about Nightingale. If she wakes up earlier, it's possible she could wake up uh, <clears throat> Boxer. Mm, Nightingale rises uh, basically almost all the time with the sun, um, mm-hmm. even if she can't see the sun. She is, I was going to say descendant from, but that doesn't exactly make sense for what she is. It's more like she lived among rural farmers for a good bit of her early life. Uh, oh, so she wakes up fairly off, or early. I don't know if that would be around the time that Boxer does, because I don't know when the sun would rise in this part of the country at this part of the, at this time of year. Well, either way, we've established they're all relatively early risers. Yeah, you guys are all up. Um, Seal is trying to find uh, a means of establishing a shadow account or of some sorts Deandere is taking notes and you guys are hanging out at the moment at least in Box's apartment so just Cecile you haven't gotten a response yet so uh, what are you guys doing Cecile's pacing very uncomfortably I think every now and then Deandere like looks up at Cecile but then doesn't do anything and like continues writing it takes like a good 30 minutes before Deander is uh, willing to say anything. She'll be pacing for like an hour. She'll be pacing until she hears something from Silas, apparently. You're going to wear a hole in the floor. Perhaps. Well, since you're waiting for something so nonchalantly, why don't we go grab a soy calf? And Deander hops up and puts her shoes and clothes on. I'm not a fan of coffee, personally, but sure. Where are you getting coffee in this city? A store? I think this is, like, as we're walking out, right? You know, when I I met you, I thought you were some two-bit poser. Poser? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. In what sense? I thought that was fairly obvious. Posing to be what? I don't know. A rich girl? Oh, but I now, assure you, I'm not rich. I see that you really are that girl from the news. <clears throat> oh, you heard about that? Maybe. I shall be rather annoyed if that's the only thing people recognize me for. Well, I think most people in the city have heard of you that way and no other way. Most mages have heard of me a different way. Hmm. Well, I'm painfully mundane. That much is obvious. <laughs> Sorry. Do you speak with that much tongue to your mother? I can't. She's dead. I'm old enough to be hers. Good for you. 
sorry, Paul. What were you going to say? Dean, there you, uh, as you're trying to find a place to go get coffee, you find that there is a place called Olga's Pewery, not too far from your location. I think like we we get out and then Deandere just like tosses the second bike helmet to um, Cecile. Uh, You're not gonna call a grid guide, are you? We're not seriously taking the death trap. I'll have you know, I'm an excellent driver. Fine. Seal's pulling up reviews for the restaurant while they drive. Yeah, Olga's Olga's tea room is a uh, is known for. Being a Russian-style tea room that serves uh, imported teas and coffees, um, with a special emphasis on on Russian and Eastern European varieties. Mm. How lovely! Uh, Boxer and Grace, what are you guys getting up to? Uh, Boxer would be preparing breakfast mm, for budget. Probably not being anything especially great. Hey, Liz. Yeah, you've got some static on your end. It appears to have disappeared. Oh, okay. Did horse magic to get rid of it. Horse magic. Anyway, Nightingale is helping like a child. What? <laughs> Nightingale would offer to help with breakfast. And I added like a child because I imagine she isn't very familiar with cooking with the ingredients that metahumans use. Uh, oh, man. It's going to be a lot of soy and stuff. I was going to say chop up vegetables and I remembered. Boxer can't afford vegetables. Your water boils at 150, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you repeat that? Your water boils at 150, right? Right? That's really stupid for like that. That is very stupid. Did the US adopt Fahrenheit? I mean, not Fahrenheit, Celsius? They tried. I mean, the U- did UCAS adopt Celsius and metric? Uh, or- yes. Veteran is all in metric. Uh, okay. And they said Japanese imperialism didn't have benefits. Oh my god. <laughs> so. How, uh, yeah, so what do you guys want to do today? You guys want to uh, continue role-playing? Do you guys have anything that you want to accomplish today? Do you just want to... S- Skip forward until you have to meet the Mr. Johnson or until Silas calls Cecile back. Uh, we know we're going to meet the Mr. Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to scout out the area where we're supposed to meet him. The murdered uh, mime? Mm-hmm. Cecile would probably not accompany you on that. She's not really a stakeout kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants laid out. Let her sleep, my god. Let's say she waits in Olga's tea house and lets Deidre do her thing. Her cop thing. Fucking cop. Gosh. Are you guys uh, in communication with the uh with Boxer and Grace? Possibly. Uh, I imagine Dean Dare has forgotten to message them at this point. Oof. Because we're supposed to meet them at like six PM for the Mr. Johnson, right? And I Try pulling up some intel on uh, ice. All right, so you're going to do check. some matrix searching on ice. Mm-hmm. And Deandir is going to go scout the area of the murdered mime. I think that's the plan. And Grace and Boxer, what are you guys up to? 
Oh god, no, honey, don't. Not ice. Not that ice. Anyway, uh... Foxer's going to do a gear check on herself, and uh, if Nightingale were letter, Nightingale stuff. Nightingale's okay. Yeah, you can poke my stuff. If you want, she can watch, and she will explain it, because she is enthusiastic about this yes. kind of thing. She has many questions about firearms. <laughs> and just firearms, but equipment in general. All of it. Alright, so... Cecile, you uh, you launch into your your search for ice. How how exactly are you going to do it? Right now, you know him as Ice. Uh, you did you take a picture of him? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think Cecile would be so rude as to take pictures of you know her employer's associate during a meeting. Yeah, you didn't pull out your comm and just take a picture. No. And you weren't wearing goggles or glasses that had the capability to do so. Mm-mm. And as you are logging into your comm, you see that there was a there's a notification. There's a period of time uh, that aligns with the time that you spent in the samovar in which you did not have matrix access. You didn't even realize it because you were busy. Uh, conversing with ProCup, but it turns out that there was probably some heavy-duty Wi-Fi jamming going on in that vicinity. Understandable. Hmm. In that case... Hmm. Detective time. Cecile would probably try to locate any... locate ice through a... by trying to find a connection to ProCup, or trying to find, like, Rumors about comings and goings through Samovar, like nearby street cameras or something. Although she can't hack those yet, so it'd have to be surveillance or something. Okay. You know, any right. any surveillance uh, tag, geotagged for that specific area she'd be looking through. Okay. Um, all right, Dean Deer, you set off on your motorcycle. It's uh, let's say it's about eight a.m. at this point. And um, downtown Tacoma is pretty busy. It's a, you know, it's got the docks. It's a very blue collar place, but you've also got most of the megas have moved in and started buying up real estate. Um, so there's a lot of uh, traffic of all sorts, commercial and private. And uh, the murdered mime is all the way up in Renton. So it's going to be a good 40 minute uh, drive there. So, um, um, <clears throat> see, I don't think Brown Dog does anything in Britain, so I'm not going to bother him, especially at this hour. Brown Dog's pretty small time, too. Yeah. Although uh, at this point, he'd probably be ecstatic if you called him because he's he really wants to get in on this action. <laughs> he's not allowed. He doesn't have clearance. This is a federal operation now. This is a federal operation now. This is an FBI jurisdiction. Yep. So Deandere's driving, Cecile's matrix searching, Boxer's doing a gear check. Um, about 40 minutes later, uh, Dindir's pulling into the area where the, uh, of the murdered mime, um, it's apparently quite a fashionable area, renting. um, lots of, uh, apartment communities, you know, gated apartment places, pretty hip, pretty wealthy looking type stuff. The, the murdered mime, as you go past by it on the street is, uh, looks like it's, Actually, uh, just now starting to disgorge like its last 
revelers of the night, um, party people of all stripes and colors, shapes and sizes. Um, the building itself is done up in just black and white in uh, not very um, imaginative reference to the name. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a, a fairly popular club here in Renton. Um, there's security at the door. Doesn't seem to pay you any mind. Make a make. Give me a perception check. Perception. Yep. Let's see. No modifiers. No, just. Yep. One. Okay. You notice that uh, right across the street is a uh, another establishment um, called the Italiano, and there's a bunch of a uh, couple of not a bunch of couple of security people around it too, and. Um, it, so there's, looks like there's, uh, this is sort of a happening kind of area. Are you looking for anything specific as you're driving around the area? I think she's just trying to get like a layout of the blocks, like locally in her brain. Okay. Like what's a good place for her to park her bike. That would be easy to get to. And the event that they would need to get away quickly and would be safe enough where she could like start her bike and stuff while it was, uh, while being in a, a good place for cover. It looks like there's valet parking if you wanted to go that route. Um, There's on-street parking in the area and uh, alleys, alleyways, and it looks like there's even like a public parking garage right around the corner. And then uh, the next thing that she would do is probably like attempt to walk all the way around the murdered mine, like from the from one corner, like all the way around the back of it. Okay. Yep. There's an alleyway um, around it, and then there's a sort of a, a back alley that's a little bit of a larger alley that has access for you know delivery trucks and stuff like that. And there's also that's where the the service entrances are. Um, the murdered mime is on the seems to occupy the lower quarter of a larger building that looks like it has. Um, some fairly upscale storefronts on the other lower quarter. And then the upper half looks like it might be a fairly high end residential type um, units. There's a, there's an entrance that has two uniformed doormen and uh, cameras. So it looks like a fairly high end, highly secure, well, not highly secured, but for a residential area, secure kind of location. I think the, the last two things she'd try to do is like get not a perfect layout, but like a good enough layout of the like interior of the murdered mime, like where rooms and doors and stuff are. Uh, and then she'd try to interact with some of the staff, I guess, and just like see what business is like. Well, you can't get in. Um, so unless you're unless you want to try and infiltrate. Um, the, the service entrances are, are closed and have camera surveillance. The front entrance has the, uh, the security guards, the night, um, you know, the bouncers and the guys sort of keeping, you know, making sure there aren't any fights and undesirables aren't getting in. So, um, you could interact with them if you wanted. I think, um, I think Dan Dare would try to interact with the bouncers. Okay. They're, uh. As you approach, they look like, uh, well, give me a quick perception check again. I want to give everything away. Another one? Yeah, looks like sort of your standard lot of uh, 
um, private security bouncers. They're dressed in uh, relatively fashionable high-end nightwear um, and are of a variety of metahuman types, including the obvious orc muscle and, um, you know, elven elven uh, face type people. So um, you approach and uh, one of the uh, one of the elves steps towards you with a pretty neutral expression on his face and his hand just sort of barely held up as if to say no entrance were closed. I think um, she just like as soon as the hand comes up, she just stops and then she just starts talking. OK, you're about six feet from the uh, uh, from... she's talking in Spirithiel. Spirithiel. OK, um, as you start talking in. In Sparethial, he uh, he grins and he just sort of mimes like the Noabla kind of look at you. Oh, um, there's there there is a a very 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 uh, derogatory term in Sparethial for an elf who cannot speak Sparethial. Uh, she just says it straight up and goes back to talking in uh, English. Whoa, sorry, okay. gosh. Just casually um, dropping slurs, my favorite thing. Give me an etiquette test. Etiquette. <laughs> I am not good. At, I am defaulting on that one, I think. Let me make sure. Fun fact I cannot speak a lot of, well, any of some Asian languages, but I know enough uh, to know the slurs. That's what that's what is about to find out. <laughs> okay, I get a, a plus three from Glamour, uh, but I don't get anything else. And it's defaulting, so. Three. Oh, wrong thing. It's a charisma skill, and it's three. Two. All right. Yeah. You you see a, a sudden sort of a very brief but sort of narrowing of his eyes at the expression, but he he maintains his professional demeanor as you continue speaking to him in in English. I think she's just like she starts bombarding him with just like normal questions, like, "Oh, I'm not from around here." Uh, what's uh, I'm coming to visit uh, 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 my brother. Uh, he, uh, I was wondering if there was anything anywhere good to eat around. Do you uh, have uh, any city speak skill? City speak. So that would be like a knowledge skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Portland area knowledge, but don't have one for Seattle. All right. So he responds to you in sort of a pigeon that you catch some words of. It's. Uh, seems like it sounds like it's a bit of japanese a bit of oh uh english a bit of orzet maybe but if nothing. she hears japanese she's just gonna start talking in japanese he just keeps talking to you in in city speak oh. um but then then he relents and and says in english um well we're we're closed the last of the uh our patrons are leaving but you're of course welcome to come back tonight we open at uh 8 p.m well what about the other things in the area? Surely you know something around here. What would he, you recommend? He glances over at the establishment across the street, and uh, he says, uh, well, there's always the Italiano over there, um, but they are closing at this time as well. Um, but I personally am not from this area. Um, well, thank you very much for your help anyways. I think she like ends up walking around the street for a bit, trying to find just any place that is going to stay open. All right. Like, so it's about 9 a.m. right now. So 
at this is the point where most of the retail stuff in the area is starting to open up. Um, so there's, uh, you know, there's people are starting to come out on the streets. The, uh, the, the retail stores are opening, but most of the restaurants are closed except for maybe, um, you find a cafe or, a, a diner that's open if that's what you're looking for. Uh, does it have line of sight on the, the mime? No. Okay. It doesn't help me. Does the mime here? I was assuming something about the mime, but I didn't ask. Does the mime have like a glass front, or is it like it? Can you see into the mime from the outside? No. Okay, doesn't help me. No, it's basically the mime is just is is a nightclub, so everything is solid, so that the lights aren't spilling out or in. Yeah, there's like a it's not a light lock in it, but it's like there's some lights spilling out because you can't perfectly do that it's just like it's black glass right or like is it just bricked up in the front it's it's just bricked up it's actually not even bricked up it's uh it's white marble um with some with black black marble trim it's there's they're really playing heavily on the whole mime black and white kind of thing well i think i at this point i have exhausted a certain amount of my uh is the door to the murdered mime glass or is it like a wooden door or something it does appear to be glass actually okay but uh you're not you can't see in from there oh uh i have something that i wanted to that i thought i bought from spy gear but let me check and look in the book and see if it does what i think it does while you're doing that around 9 a.m uh what are boxer and grace up to you guys done with your gear check (laughs) yeah okay um i imagine Grace has a boxer search for a lot of her burning questions on the matrix that she hasn't been able to actually do herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine what those would be right now, but yeah. Uh, but at a certain point, they're definitely going to be free. Grace doesn't have anything on her mind that she feels she needs to do today. Honestly, um, she thinks maybe laying low would be a bit of a good idea. They don't have any business besides the job they have to do tonight. Grace is feeling a little paranoid. Yeah! A little. <laughs> but why? Well, it could be because Shadowrunners were sent after her. You know. I mean, she doesn't know no, it was her that they were after, but obviously the uh, the Sacra Evo for Cecile. You know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. How's so Grace is feeling paranoid. How's Boxer feeling right now about the situation? Uh she is so we say rather unhappy. <laughs> and why is she, that? Well, her safe house is gone. That shit costs money. And uh she's feeling it now. She had to pull <laughs> uh everything out of her account, stick it on a credit stick. Uh so she's feeling the economics. She wants to escape from that. Which means she's diving headfirst into her favorite addiction. Yeah, and I guess probably she might be a little irritated too because um, she got told pretty bluntly last night that she wasn't going to get paid for rescuing Cecile. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, I could imagine that Boxer might be feeling a little bit, um, not necessarily happy, but energized by the, by the sense of maybe being back in action a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. That's uh, exactly why she was doing the the games. That's why she's so hard in it. 
see a uh, coping mechanism. So being able to be back in the game. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so let's cut back to Cecile then. Um, you do find a couple of things actually on ice. So as you've been searching and sifting, you realize that when you did your your sort of in-depth dive on uh, Prokop, you did um, some of the stuff that you caught and hadn't, you know, weren't really paying attention to because it wasn't pertinent at the time, uh, mentioned ice as well. So it turns out that uh, ice was a known shadow runner in the uh, mid to late 2050s in the Seattle area. And is known to have been one of the shadow runners who was on the team that um, ended up on the disastrous run that caused Prokop to go into hiding for about five years. Okay. Okay. So he's an old man. Yeah. Um, you don't know much about him. I mean, there's not a lot of detail anymore. So much information from that period was lost in the crash. Um more recently, what you do find as you're, you know, looking at public surveillance footage in and around uh, Tacoma, and especially in the area of the uh, of Samovar, is uh, only very recently, um, as, as recently as three days ago, is the first footage that you find in which you see, uh, you clearly see ICE um, and Prokop actually entering Samovar. And then after that, you see him at regular intervals leaving and and re-entering Samovar, but um, not with Prokop anymore. You only see him leaving and entering on his own. Okay, that's good. In fact, no. you you realize as you're looking at the security footage, it, it almost appears as if Prokop never leaves the place. Interesting. Okay. Can I use those images I got got from the security to just widen my search, just look for their picture in the Matrix through surveillance and stuff? See if I can yep. pick up on any, like, disparate places that they've been? Yep. Um, you search um, rather extensively, and you're not running any special programs or algorithms that might help correlate some data. It's literally uh, just you searching and trying to pick the... Uh, other than her integrated browse program, which probably has a lot of those, and that's how she's like doing the skill and stuff. It's not like she has an agent or anything. Okay. <clears throat> we don't need to roll on this. Was, you know, you've got plenty of time and the skill to, to find what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you think you may have um, a hit and it's obvious that the person that you know as ICE has spent the last 20 years or so making a very hard effort to not show up anywhere. Understandable. Um, the, the only thing that you find is um, a flight, a suborbital from Boston to Seattle. and. Um, you find that Prokop and Ice were on the flight from Boston to Seattle four days ago. And then you do a little backtracking and you see that Prokop had flown from Seattle to Boston the day before that. Um, but uh, 
Other than that, the only other thing that you really find that might be ice and might have a relationship to ice is a article about or written by a um, actually let's call it a research paper written by a um, a parazoologist who briefly mentions um, a paracritter hunter that they had employed whose description somewhat matches ice's. Interesting. And, uh, the parazoologist is writing about a uh, the paper is about um, the rather inordinate um, density of paracritters in the uh, the Newfoundland area of uh, Canada of the interesting. Cecile goes ahead and saves that paper for reading later. Yeah, it looks like a a rather interesting paper and. Uh, like the, the description of ice is there and it just sort of mentions how that they had hired this person as a local guide and the fact that he was locally renowned as a, a hunter of, of paracritters. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Hmm. I think that's as much as I'm really going to get at the moment without having more information to pull at. Um, it's pretty hmm. good anyways. Yeah, I'll I'll let some time pass so other people can do stuff. Yeah. What are other people doing? Uh, how much time uh, is passed? Um it's getting late in the morning and it's really up to you guys. We can we don't have to play through, you know, the whole day if you guys say, well, we're just we're pretty much just going to lay low and, you know, eat and wait for for that time to roll around. One thing I am curious about guys though is you haven't really mentioned that you've uh you guys are all sort of on your own. Are you, is the team going to do anything, any planning together? Um. All right. I'm going to take initiative. I think Nightingale would uh would first message um Miss Magnumfoot and say uh uh just say uh good morning. Hi. Uh, I think that I may have some not good people interested in me in Seattle. I'm probably not going to be coming home for a good while. Um, when I do, I'm going to make sure I don't bring trouble to Pines. Uh, I don't know when next I'm going to see you or anyone, but uh, be safe, heart. And then she's... Let me go yeah. read the uh, text chat thing that you, you posted. Where is it? In character. Miss Magnumfoot texts you back. You you know from personal experience, Grace, that this kind of morning that you're having in January where it's not raining and the air is clear and the sun is coming up is probably one of those prime Miss Magnumfoots where she's out and about enjoying the weather, taking in the smells. Um, she's probably up on one of the grassy hills rolling around. So mm-hmm. uh you know she's out and about enjoying this. This you can just picture it in your mind because you've you've accompanied her on some of these jaunts when walk about in the forest and fields around. And sure enough, in a couple of uh couple of minutes after you send the message, you get a message back um to the effect that you know, thank you for letting me know. Uh we were wondering where you were and um be safe and if you need anything, let us know. Followed of course by a tree emoji. Nightingale sends the tree emoji back and she says, I'll be sure to. Thank you. We're like all lowercase, no punctuation. She still doesn't know what the tree emoji means. Well, Miss Magnumfoot likes trees. 
<laughs> that makes sense. How exactly does a boxer game? I'm curious. Like, so is it is it just like she lays down and then she's just you don't you don't see anything of her? It's I just, imagine she, it's like Sword Art Online. Yeah, pretty much full VR. All that yeah. goes on. There's there's no like screen that one could look at. I mean, if you ask before she gets on. Mm. Is it a lot of shooting? It's Milsim, so sometimes. A lot of walking, some shooting. (laughs) It's Milsim, it's a lot of walking. A lot of sitting, a lot of driving. A lot of, a lot of, like, hurrying up to wait is what it is. (laughs) Forget if she has the thingy. Well, because it's it's uh, it's hot sim, right? So it would be able to move faster than real time. Hot sim is illegal. <clears throat> oh, wait! What the fuck is hot sim? Hot What's is the difference between cold and hot? Actual damage to your uh, self, whereas cold is just like stun. Although recently, cold sim is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. They specifically huh. state that it's a little bit like pushing the boundary. Hmm. Hotsim may be legal, but I would imagine that most gamers have at least tweaked themselves really close to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, and really I mean, serious, need... like, movie yeah. watchers. You've got to have those last, you know, ten thousandths of a second to be competitive. Oh, yeah. But if you were a fly on the wall or inside the game as is, uh, there would be, yeah, a lot of sitting around <laughs> walking, some shooting, some pretty in-depth medical stuff. First aid. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So what, at this point, you guys are basically just killing time until the meet. Uh, I was gonna message the group via comlink while uh, probably while sitting at the foot of Boxer's bed, where she's she has her little <laughs> sword art online helmet on. You get her to stream it. Uh, I mean, she may have asked for it, but at a certain point, it's gonna get boring. So she's going to text the rest of the group and say. Do plan have? <laughs> I think at this point, Deandre would have like given up trying to just watch the place and is just like sitting on her bike, playing on her comlink. Comlink moment. Uh, comlink moment. But do plan have? She probably like immediately texts you back. Uh, I imagine we'll go in, and if things go bad, we'll bust our way out. I think. I think then. Then she just like sends a picture of the place. Uh. The she just like norm girl figure out what this is figure out any deets on this place. Looking at it, how far is the murdered mime from uh Boxer's apartment? Boxer's apartment is in Auburn, so she's probably about ooh, thirty minutes at the most. Thirty minutes. Mm, mm. Thirty minutes in the meat. Ah. Uh. Nightingale's Nightingale's gonna actually project. She wants to at least go look at the place. Go go fly over there, look at the place, and then probably go right back to her body. Unless something catches her attention. Um if she knows the rough direction and like nearby landmarks she should be able to. Do you have a Seattle knowledge skill? Uh, I should hold on. Let me let me check my uh, my chummer. Or well, let me just check this chummer. Sorry. Because otherwise, knowledge. I'd be to probably... area knowledge. Seattle. You want me to roll? I do want you to roll. This is okay. a rollable offense. 
No. No modifiers. No modifiers. Six. Damn. I paid the fifth. Played the sixth. <gasps> no. Wait, which one is the sixth again? I don't know. It was a very, very bad dad joke. Because you rolled a six. Right to a trial. Ah, uh, I see that. Wait, does that mean Did that, you just uh, look that up, Veronica? Yes. Not incriminate also <laughs> before the right to a trial? That's weird. That seems kind of like the other way around, you know? Hmm. Anyway. Well, if you don't incriminate yourself, you don't won't need it. <laughs> so yes, you uh you enter the astral um as your your companion and maybe friend boxer has appeared to sunk into her electronic world and zip off through the streets of Auburn towards Renton. Um, yeah, I guess astrally, you know, as you're traveling in the astral, you're sort of flying. Are you flying as right, just basically passing through buildings? And if you want to pass through buildings, it would be too easy to bonk into a uh, a mana barrier like that. She yeah. and also to be spotted by like a watcher spirit or something. She's flying over the city and looking down like from a bird eye a bird's eye view even if someone like that was actually perceiving at the time looked up and noticed her she's just like a a random fucking spirit fucking around okay so you're you're always flying over the city like this in astral is always a bit of an awe-inspiring experience for you you know just looking down at this sort of teeming mass of astral signatures and textures you know over this sort of gray backdrop of the, uh, you know, I just stuff. But obviously, it takes you virtually no time um, as you register that you, you're pretty much there in uh, in Renton, and uh, you even uh, actually make a is astral perception a thing? Yes, it is. Astral perception check. Um, so, well, actually, I looked it up. Perception is used specific, like is used generally for perceiving your surroundings and noticing things. A sensing is used for understanding things in the astral, if that makes sense. If that yeah. uh, if it helps you to Go know which perception. Okay. Yep. Uh, perception, where are you? Do I not have it? Guess I don't. How do you not have astral perception? No, I have a sensing. I just don't have the actual skill perception, I think. Let me double check before I call that, though. Is it just a default, then? Yep. I'm going to have to default. It's so unfortunate. Here I go. Default. Attribute. No modifiers. Zero. All right. So you find the murdered mime by through your knowledge of Seattle and the streets and location and so now what are you doing i want to see if it has any kind of magical security first and foremost medical magical magical uh it does not appear so at least not at the moment i duck in there and check what was the difference between astral perception and astral perception and a sensing Perception is used just to notice things in general and, like, you know, 
uh, all that sort of stuff. A sensing is used to understand specifically astral things. So like, say if you were trying to notice someone sitting in a field while astrally perceiving, you wouldn't use a sensing, you would use perception, but you would use a sensing to determine if they're malicious. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, you, uh, you can, there, you, you see, you perceive that there are several people standing around the front door. None of them seem to be um, astrally active, although at least one of them appears to have some form of, be somehow awakened, but not observing in the astral, not observing you. And there's no barriers or, or wards in the area right now. So if you wanted to enter through the front door or through the wall, you yeah, I want to enter through the wall and just uh, look at everyone here. Confirm that there's no um, other mages, I suppose. Well, actually, is that... I guess I would make an sensing test. Is that person that I noticed a mage, specifically? Yeah, why don't you go make... Why don't you make an sensing test? Okay. Mm, no modifiers, right? Nope. They are not a mage. Um, they're probably... Um, an adept. Mm, uh, yes, a meat mage. They're a meat mage. Meat mage. Job's done. Meet the meat mage. Um, <laughs> Don't meet the meat mage. But uh, yeah, she and she wants to go look around in the actual cafe. Um, if there's any spirits just vibing, mm -hmm. maybe say hi to them. Ask them like uh, if they've seen anything. But otherwise, you know, just poking around. Um, Inside the murdered mime. Mm -hmm. Are there any like intense astral signatures that she notices, or uh, other awakened individuals, uh, or even as I said, just like spirits, just kind of free floating? Inside the murdered mime, no. There are very few people in the murdered mime at this time of day. Um, mm, it looks like closed. mostly just people cleaning, prepping, setting things up for the night. Um, it's also, there's a lot of technology and stuff in here. So there's a lot of, you know, just sort of dull, you know, very boring and uninteresting stuff in here that isn't really registering on the astral. Uh, you don't see any, well, make another, I guess, make another sensing test in here to see if there are signatures or other. Three. Nice. Um, there is the, the astral aftermath, let's say of, you know, a massive party in here um, mm. with all of the highs and lows that come with that, you know, the, uh, the happiness, the pleasure, the, the jealousy, the anger, you know, all that kind of stuff. When it's she, uh, whenever she comes down from like the roof while she's looking at this and one of her hooves lands on the floor, she immediately bounces up almost like a, like a cartoon cartoon cat <laughs> and uh she has a little shake of her hoof sloshing away a <clears throat> unpleasant looking slimy miasma of intoxication <laughs> yeah the whole you know you can imagine i guess you know since we're talking about it you can imagine what kind of astral signature here yeah. after ah, terrible you know, gross party and debauchery gross. um certainly um certainly you know a lot of people were magically active in here but not in a not in any kind of sense other than just people you know human people doing this mundanes leaving their uh their their signatures all over everything yep mm. all right. um you do 
Um, with three hits, you do get, you catch, you're exploring a little bit, right? I'm just imagining. It's just kind of just kind of floating around uh, the halls and stuff, poking my head and stuff. There, you're getting towards more towards the back areas. There's, it appears that the club has some back rooms and some upper rooms. In some of them, you get uh, signatures that are more have more to do with um, anger and fear and despair. And you also get some sense that there's there's some things going on in back here and in, in, in the upper rooms and in some of these areas. There are some bad people that that are here and um, bad things have happened up there. The backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I presume those. Hmm. How but how old are those signatures? They're fresh. Oh, yeah. I imagine. I imagine that whatever react that you know the shaking of the hoof reaction has been magnified ten times in these areas. I, I'm imagining that those those emotions, and I presume there's also some dripping of malice too, or at least like a, a very a very um, inhumane apathy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, oh, she, she'd probably anger. puke if um if she had a stomach with which to puke. If that makes sense. Yep, you feel astrally nauseous. She's gonna go at that point. Um, he's gonna go just uh just up through the roof, back up across Seattle. Um, just flying for a little while, going back in the vague direction of Boxer's, Boxer's apartment. Okay, enjoying the astral sunshine. Yeah, and uh, the literal astral sunshine, yes. And also um, enjoying, appreciating the vastness of Seattle. I imagine it's actually, like, bigger than the, the Gilded City. That is to say, the, the capital of Equestria, because it's it's a modern city with millions of people. It's huge. Like, it's, and they're all, like, squished together. Like, whenever you're this high up, it's like, it's like a painting on the night sky. And with all the astral stuff going on, I mean, you're catching not just the sort of the mundane view of it, which is probably pretty beautiful this morning. Anyways, you're catching this, the astral glow of the city. I can imagine that the whole city sort of glows with its own astral signature. Mm-hmm. It's very particular. It's different from the countryside. And it has a sort of like, just with the sheer mass of thinking life, it's almost like a, a living thing unto itself, kind of like a, uh, like a, like a hive. But Make, give me another. Uh, you don't have perception. What a bummer! <laughs> I could just default. I have intuition. Yeah, really have intuition. Give us a def- give us a default roll then. Modifiers? No. <laughs> okay then. You blithely go on your way. He goes home back to her body. Yeah, unbeknownst to you, off in the distance. You see the astral signature of a dragon in the mountains. Ooh. This is one of the last time that this is canonically one of the last times that Hestebe was ever seen. Oh, wow. Uh, that's really sad that I rolled poorly there. <laughs> it would have been cool. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going to go fly home, go back to my stupid body. God, can't talk to dragons. <sighs> All right, yeah. But that's 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 her trip. Cecile, you uh, you got D and mm-hmm. message on doing a search on the mime. Did I? 
Dinder, uh, you had asked Cecile to do uh, it. Yeah, I sent, we, we have like a group chat, I guess, at this point. I don't know how Buck, how um, uh, Nightingale would have sent a message to everybody without either setting a group a group chat up or sending it not to like everyone individually. Sure, so, makes sense to me. Um, I think all Dinder said was, Norm girl, please search this up. You want me to do a matrix search on the mine? Isn't that what I said? Okay. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll do a matrix search on the mime, specifically looking for, like, ownership, reviews, goings-ons. All right. Um, the <sighs> mime is very easy to find on the matrix. Obviously, it has its own uh, matrix location, and it's actually its own matrix, you know, VR um, entrance and club. I don't know if you're going there or going into it at all, but you know that that exists. And I don't of imagine course, Cecile would go there in the Matrix yet. Yep. So that's a possibility for you. Um, you find multitudinous reviews on all of the, you know, the local city papers. Um, the Murdered Mime is uh, one of Renton's hottest night spots at the, um, and features um, lots of up-and-coming local musical acts. Um, it's got, you know, it's known for its massive dance floor and uh, its wide variety, its wide and deep menu. Um, it's sort of one of the places to go if you consider yourself anybody in the area and or want to be seen by anybody in the area. You know, it's mm-hmm. just that kind of place. Um, you do, as you dive a little bit deeper, you um, also find traces um, that it is probably a, a Yakuza front. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yakuza are rumored to operate the mime and operate some small-time vice out of the mime and use it as a training ground for some of their their younger, fresher recruits. I send that over to uh, Deandre. I think Deandre just like in the most boomer way possible sends like a laughing till crying emoji. Is that a like cat? What? Yeah, because that's what my dad does all the time. <laughs> I'm adorable. Veronica's like, ah, oh, thank goodness she wasn't talking about me. All right. So, anything else before the meet? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nightingale's going to inform them of what she saw. Can I do, like, before the meet, can Cecile do a search on the female associate of Prokop? I've forgotten her name. Nadia. There Nadia. was Nadia and there was Talia. Ooh, two of them. Nadia was the smaller, older one who led you back into the Samovar, and Talia was the woman standing behind Prokop. Cecile's a little bit more interested in Talia right now. You can uh, send that over to me at some point. It's not pressing enough to hold up the uh, the story for it. Okay. I think uh, Dinder probably drove back to where Cecile is and then like sat and tried to get in contact with one of her uh, contacts from uh, Portland. What is it? What's his name? Uh, Rory Callum, the librarian in Carseer. Okay. I think she would probably ask him 
if there's anything on like paracritters that are horses that can speak and that he can get back get back to me at any point on that. All right, so you both have a, a request out there. And what I will do is I will get back to you probably on the uh, in-character text board. Okay. Sure. Uh, in that case, he was just going to message the group chat like, so we need to go pick up ice. Really? Yes, we have to go pick up ice first. Ice? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Ice will be accompanying us. He'll be accompanying us. I'll post a uh, a picture of ice cubes. Uh, did we get a contact information? Oh, you're breaking up, Dinder. Uh, did we get a a bad one? Can the rest of you guys hear Dinder? Okay. Uh, no, it's breaking up. Gotta love that internet. What is going on? I am the only person in this house on this internet. But not in your neighborhood. That's right. Um. And I'm using only one device. So. It could Let's also see, be. It... Oh, it's better. Okay. Um, did we ever get Ice's uh, contact no. information? No. Okay. However, in the in character chat, there is a pin at Ice's location. Is there? Yes. You will need to pick up internal combustion engine at this location. Pin. <laughs> Ah, uh, glad that got one laugh. <laughs> I think Cecile would probably offer to uh, the group, not Cecile, sorry, uh, Dindar would probably offer that she can pick up ice on the bike if someone would come against Cecile. Cecile could take a taxi. Yeah, you could take a grid guide. At risk being looked upon disdainfully by everyone with a car. Mm-hmm. With a vehicle. The, the three of us that have a vehicle. Steel could probably also take public transit, because apparently even in a cyber dystopia, public transit continues to exist in Seattle. And is also better than modern America. Maybe we're the real dystopia. Your wage slaves have to get to work somehow. You're not paying them enough to get a car, so... That's not true. It could be like the British railway system. Yeah, Cecile probably just take a bus or something. All right, so... Deander's going to go pick a pro cop. Um, what, how, how are you guys planning to get there? Not by what conveyance, but are you getting there early or how are you working it? I think Deander is attempting to get there early, but as, as previously stated, she is picking up ice, which throws a wrench into her get there early plans. Yep. And you have no way of contacting ice. So she's definitely like at the pen kind of passive-aggressively playing on her uh, calm nice link. Uh, I'd say she's idling the engine, but it's an electric vehicle. <laughs> yeah, ice is already there. And uh, the, the there there is a uh, is a pawn shop, sort of old dusty pawn shop, and he is standing in the doorway uh, sort of pretending to be nonchalant but not really pulling it off, wearing clothes that fit him quite well and our modern evening wear club wear clothes but look completely out of place on him mm-hmm. i think dan there like pulls up looks him up and down and he goes nice hot norm boy he grins sort of mirthlessly and 
looks at you and he says, so they sent you, huh? Well, I volunteered, actually. Well, that was nice of you. Well, you got to say one thing. I do appreciate your being here early. Well, it might be for you after all. Be there early. Yep. He climbs on the back and puts on the helmet, which you're not sure how well it fits him. He's got a big oh, head. The, the helmets are wide to like accompany big ears. Okay. Uh, so I imagine they fit incredibly poorly on norms. Yeah. He's got a bit of a big head. So actually, may, may I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- does does Ice recognize Deandra as a dryad? Uh, probably not. But he probably considers her an elf with okay. augmentation to make her look the way she does. Okay. He isn't just curious. Super sophisticated. So, so he hasn't seen a picture of Deandra through a camera yet. No, he okay. is not augmented in that way. Okay. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, that means that Boxer would never be able to see the glamour effects through cameras. Uh, oh, cyber eyes count as eyes. Huh. But if you looked at, like, surveillance footage with Dindra in it, you or wouldn't you, like, find Green you, like, Tree Girl. Yeah, or if you recorded an image through the eyes, it would be not green. It'd be human-looking... The Dinder is not green if you take a picture of her. But you don't know what that yet. So sh- sh- glamour. That's how the okay. glamour works. Um, All right. So, uh, Cecile, you get picked up by a grid guide. Boxer and Nightingale are taking Nightingale's vehicle. No, I'm taking grid guide since uh, Nightingale wants to lay low with the van. Uh, okay. Yeah, grid guide moment. She has taken the form of a dog. Okay. I wonder why a boxer keeps bringing her dog everywhere. Mark, my service animal. It's Rings. my emotional support animal. It's a legitimate classification of support animal. Deander, you you get uh, to the area of the mine first, obviously. Um, you're about, let's say, half an hour early. Sound about right? Deander would probably be there at least 45 minutes early. And... Uh, any special actions that you're doing there? Where are you parking or how are you approaching? I think uh, she, like, in her, like, casing of the area earlier, she figured out a place that was close enough to uh, the main entrance to, like, get there quickly, but was out of line of sight of the main entrance. Okay. Um, so, like, an alley nearby. Yep. Maybe a building or two over. Saturday night, the entire area is packed. There's heavy traffic. There is the sidewalks and foot areas are inundated with club goers and restaurant goers and late shoppers and, you know, just people walking around. This area of Renton's a an absolute hive of nightlife at the moment. Um, even, you know, even in the alleyways and back streets, there's significant um, foot traffic. I think on the way oh, over, Deandere would probably ask Ice in every language he knows if he speaks, every language she knows if he speaks any of them. Which languages does she know? Uh, Cantonese, Japanese, and Spiritual. All right. Well, let's remind, my, let's remind myself what Ice knows. 
Where is ICE? ICE is under NPC. And don't, don't forget about, about real-time real machine, machine translation. translation. Uh, who does that? I, I don't. I don't think either Deandre or ICE do that. Uh, interesting. ICE has no language skills. ICE has no language skills. Nope. I probably need to go look at his 5e character sheet because that's where I... Well, let's not get bogged down in that. Um, you you are able to ascertain that ICE knows um, English and French and potentially a smattering of other odd languages, but not Japanese or... Uh, any anything or sporethial. I doubt it he would have spoken sporethial. Um and he is very short and not forthcoming in his answers either. I think she just spends the rest of the time talking at him. Kind of just like recounting stories of what she's done. Like way in the past, nothing recent. Yeah, I think that's probably where you get the most connection with ice is the the, the Distant history type stuff. The more recent stuff sort of doesn't seem to really get any reaction or interest from him. If you like, start talking about the 2050s, he's he gets interested. I think in equivalence with ICE, uh, Deandre's 2050s are probably incredibly boring. Like she yeah. had a few cases, cleaned up probably a go 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 or two, but nothing like Shadowrunner or anything. Um. So you guys pull up and park in the spot that you had found earlier. And like I said, this area is just crowded with people and, and revelers. Um, make me another perception check, please. Uh, at least on my in end, my end uh, Boxer has a little bit of echo for everyone. I don't know if that's fixed. Let's see. I think it is. Oh, well. Uh, perception for... Nope, it's back. Yeah, there's still a little bit of echo. Who's making the perception check? Me. Indira's making a perception check as she pulls into her chosen parking spot at the at the mime. Ah, uh, okay. Am I echoing, or I hear myself must... echoing, but I'm not sure yeah, where the echo is. I can it's coming from cat, from from her, Valerie, Boxer. Okay. Is she with us? I'm here. Hi. Perception four hits. Nice. Um. You know, you you go th- past the mime, and you're sort of surreptitiously using, glancing around, using your the shade on your hel- the visor on your helmet to cover your glances. You get you the get distinct impression thing. that the Italiano on the across the street from the mime and the mime security forces are um, potentially beefing, not overtly at the moment, but you catch that sort of vibe from them. And uh, you also see that there's a line down the block um, of people waiting to get into the mime. And you see that the security detail, um, different group of people than you saw this morning when you were there, but you see the security detail. Um, they are eight deep. Um, four of them are orcs. They're all, they all look pretty heavy and intimidating. And you, as you pass, you notice that certain select people are going right in rather than waiting in line. You also notice that there's a valet service that is, um, you know, taking people's cars. So, yeah, this is a, a happening place. Are, are Boxer and Grace and Cecile attempting to show up as early as Dinder? About as early, yeah. 
Okay. Not unless Nightingale insists. Uh, Nightingale does not have a conception of always having to arrive early for things, unlike humans, many humans, them and their unhealthy work culture. All right. So, so Cecile pulls up as well in the grid guide and gets out and makes a perception check. Perception? One. You're not quite as perceptive as Deander was as she passed through here. As you get out of the grid guide, you do obviously observe the giant line of people waiting to get in um, to the mime. And um, you see that there is a, an exceptional amount of security in front of the mime. So uh, you recognize it from your matrix search. And that's all that you sort of notice about the place. Um, Cecile starts walking towards the door with the... Uh, with Prokop's symbol on her comlink. Okay. Um, Deander and Ice. So when you park Deander, Ice sort of made an appreciative comment on the fact that you had chosen a good location and says something to the effect of, well, this might go okay after all. I think in like almost a snide uh, way, she says back, might? He grins. All right, shall we? I assume you're my ticket in, so let's go. All right. Um, you see Cecile pull up in a grid guide and walk towards the main entrance. And Cecile, as you walk forward, you see the security eyeing you as you approach, probably anticipating. Actually, how are you dressed? The same as she was. She hasn't had the opportunity to change her clothes yet. So she is still not had a chance to. She doesn't. She's not wearing any fancy um, no, not yet. club gear. <clears throat> All right. So you're approaching. You see them sort of one or two of them get into a posture like you know they're not overtly signal signaling that they're going to intercept you, but you can sort of get the impression that they're like, oh boy, here we go. And uh, one of them sort of holds out his hand as if to stop you. And uh, you show him the, uh, you flash him the, the symbol, mm-hmm. the steel, and uh, he looks over at uh, one of the other orcs over there and sort of makes a head motion. And then he gives you sort of the, the thumbs over his shoulder going as if, you know, you go in. The seal uh, walks in. Yep. To the extreme displeasure and grumbling of some of the, uh, the young people waiting in line right at the door. Feel is not dressed for this environment. Nope. There's no way you should have gotten in. Everybody else standing out there is dressed to the nines for nightlife. If if they think Cecile shouldn't have gotten in, wait until the cop looking motherfucker walks up. Yep. <laughs> something something <laughs> similar happens when you guys approach. When uh, Deander and Ice approach, uh, one of the orcs steps out to uh, to sort of intercept you and. Uh, Here's here's the thing. Um, Ice doesn't have a comm link on him. So he looks at you as if to say, all right, get us in. <laughs> I think Deandre looks back at him, not with like surprise, but almost like uh, kind of, I expected you to do this, a, lo- a look that says that, and then kind of fiddles with her comm link for a second, and then pulls up the, the symbol. And the guy nods again and sort of uh, shrugs at one of the other orcs and, you know, motions you to enter. And at this point, you know, some of the people in line are starting to lose it. And the orcs are just sort of amused by this. 
Um, Deandir and Cecile, as you enter the murdered mime, um, you are just hammered by a wave of, of music. Um, um, Orksploitation rock is playing at, you know, ear-splitting volume. And <laughs> the, uh, the decor is all black and white and minimalist. There's a there's a massive black and white checkered uh, dance floor that you actually can't really see the dance floor itself because there's just this heaving mass of meta humanity. And uh, are you in doing anything in AR, Cecile? Oh, always. All right. Are you um, accepting the AR invitation of the club? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're getting the full on. AR bombardment, um, which makes the uh, the interior of the club even more bombastic, um, with just all sorts of laser holographics projecting mimes of all shapes and sizes. The mimes are like walking up the walls as if the walls were the floor, and they're murdering each other in all sorts of stylized and imaginative ways. And uh, the place is just a cacophony of of noise and lights and smells and it's just it's intense and both you and Deander as you walk in are just struck by this and wondering probably both having exactly the same thought of how in heck how the frag are we going to find the Mr. Johnson in here and how are we going to have any kind of meeting The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.